Welcome to another edition of the Business and Life Channel by Peter Daniels. Here, every week, we explore business and life through interviews, stories, and shared information. You'll meet some amazing people and gain valuable understanding of not only what people have achieved in business and life, but their thinking behind their achievements, their motivations, their struggles, and victories. You'll pick up on the lessons they've learned, the things they did on their business and life journey that worked, why they did it, and maybe even some things they wouldn't do again. So let's join Peter for this week's episode. We trust that you enjoy it. So here I am today with Eric Karayuki, and uh, Eric and I go back probably about um, 14, 15, 18 months, something like that. Uh, He's recently become a client of mine, but he owns a business called Pink Diamond Capital. Uh, Welcome uh, to the podcast today, Eric. No, thanks, Peter. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's all right, mate. Now, uh, I reckon you would have to be everybody's best friend if a diamond is a girl's (laughs) best friend because of the way it looks, and a pink diamond makes money, I reckon you'd be everyone's best friend, mate. And so it's good to have you here. Uh, pink diamonds, pink diamonds. I've been in the uh, press a bit lately, so we'll have a chat about those in a minute and what's happening there and the Argyle mine and what's happened. But before we get into that, I want to hear a little bit about your backstory, Eric. So where are you originally from? I was originally uh, born and raised in Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. But uh, that was quite a few years ago. Uh, And I came to Australia in about 2006 as an international student. Okay. And what were you studying at that time, Eric? At the time, I was studying a uh, a Bachelor's of Applied Science in Civil Aviation. And I actually did uh, some flying lessons at a powerful airport here in, uh, in Adelaide. And uh, the, my, was, my career path was headed down the uh, aviation route. Mm, okay, so uh, I'm a little bit interested. How come someone from your part of the world comes to Adelaide and flies planes in Parafil? What was the attraction there? Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit different, isn't it? Um, well, we typically, I suppose from where I'm from in Kenya, we typically uh, go to the uh, Western countries to further our education and our careers. And uh, I chose Australia for... Uh, for a reason, uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I know that a lot of my friends and colleagues are going to to the UK. Some are going to America, and I thought I'll be different. I'll go to a little place on the map down there that uh, mm-hmm. not too many people are going to uh, <laughs> start a new life there yeah. or to study there. It was more for the adventure of it than anything at the time. Yeah, right. But I do know that uh, I do know that um, you know, career-wise, it's a typical. Uh, I suppose I only had five options. From my parents at the time, mm. <laughs> which is the typical lawyer, doctor, engineer, pilot um, scenario, and I chose the aviation route. So I was yeah, headed, I was studying to be a pilot at the time. Okay, so uh, I need to ask the next question then. How how does a Kenyan in in Australia go from being a pilot to understanding a little bit about diamonds? How did you get involved in that? Going from a pilot to diamonds. Um, Basically, <clears throat> I worked in the aviation industry, more in aviation management for about um, seven years. And then um, along the way, uh, my wife and I wanted to foster children. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And uh, so we decided to get into business. 
because mm. uh, we thought, you know, her job would cut it. And uh, it was a uh, it was a seed planted by my father, who ran a business in Kenya, mm-hmm. and uh, he planted the entrepreneurial seed uh, in me. That's why I thought that uh, business could help achieve these aims we had, this goal mm. we had. Mm. Um, so we tried a few different things, and along the way, we met. Uh, I was introduced to someone who supplies diamonds to jewelers. Yes. Um, and the best part was he was sourcing them directly from the cutters and polishers, which is basically directly from the source. Wow. And uh, he was supplying them to jewelers. And I said to him, why don't you supply the market directly? So mm. it's a win-win. The clients are happy and you're, you know, you're offering a lot of value. And um, his response was that it's too hard because it doesn't, you know, wasn't too keen on dealing with people. Uh-huh. And I thought that's my favorite thing to do. Mm. <laughs> I saw an opportunity to add value. Um, cause, uh, you know, people are one of my biggest values, um, in life. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I wanted to do it professionally. So I went, I went and studied, uh, a diploma in diamond technology mm-hmm. with the Gemological Association of Australia and, uh, became the diamond specialist in town. Wow. So how long goes that, Eric? Oh, since studying. Um, so I started, um, let's say in about 2005, I reckon. Okay. I mean, Sorry, not 2005, 15. So, because my yeah. business has been running about six years. And yeah, right. so, um, yeah, around that time is when I was doing the study. Okay, good. And, and and I need to just unpack a couple of other things. You and your wife are interested in, in fostering and looking after um, children. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. What are you doing there? Um, so, at the moment, we've got two uh, foster children. We've got two of our own biological children. So, it's a full house of four kids. Yep. Um, and, uh, along the way, I mean, we've been foster parents for probably since 2018 mm. and, uh, we've, we know we've had a, quite a few children come and, uh, some get reunified with their parents. Um, and some, you know, two of them have stayed with us, uh, long term, which is essentially until, uh, they're 18. Wow. So, um, yeah. So we basically look after children who've been removed from unsafe environments. Um, okay mainly around usually either um, neglect, uh, drugs and alcohol abuse or oh, uh, domestic violence, uh, top three reasons. Mm. But um, it's a passion we've had to uh, provide them a safe and nurturing place. Um, whilst the, obviously, whilst the Department of Child Protection works with the biological parents to decide whether they'll be reunified or not. Mm. Oh, good mm. on you, Eric. Well done. And all credit to you and your wife for doing that because uh, that really makes a difference in people's lives, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. It makes a difference in these children's lives. And uh, the the uh, the smiles on their face and the joy it brings them is uh, well worth it. Yeah, I bet. And I bet you it brings a smile to your face too just to see that, hey? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, good on you. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic work that you and your wife are doing. All credit to you. Um, let's have a chat about the business because I think everybody knows about diamonds. Um, might be a few people who know about pink diamonds, but I think there are more people who are learning about pink diamonds. So can you tell us where pink diamonds come from and why they are scarce? Uh, good question. So pink diamonds come from the – Argyll Diamond Mine in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were mined by, it was a Rio Tinto mine that was operating from 1983 till it shut in, uh, till it ceased operation in November 2020. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in terms of scarcity, they, 
to put numbers around it, some statistics around it, it's only less than 1% of the annual supply that was zinc. And that supplied over 90% of the world's pink diamond supply. Out of WA? Out of WA, one of the biggest diamond mines in the world um, in, for diamonds in general. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the only consistent supply of pink diamonds in the world, over 90% of the world's supply. Mm. And uh, that sees the operation in November 2020. So uh, demand is surging as more people get to know about the stones, especially around, we'll get into the economics of it, but mm. uh, they're quite rare from a um, natural production perspective because that's, yeah, right. that's all that comes out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, so help me understand it. Is it just the colour or is it something else that's special about them? Uh, scarcity is one of the biggest things. Mm. Um, and aesthetically, the color is quite stunning. Um, you know, the, when I look at them, you can see that from a color perspective, uh, the rule of thumb is basically the richer the color, mm. uh, the rarer they are and the more the value. Mm. And the richer colors are quite stunning. In fact, mm. they get so rich sometimes they become red and not many people know that red diamonds exist. Mm. Um, so when it comes to a scarcity scale, you have your red diamonds and your pink diamonds mm. and then blue diamonds um so they're quite quite rare just by natural production um mm. and aesthetically they're quite stunning and beautiful they have amazing mm. brilliance yeah okay and so australia just being australia yeah we, we've got something really special there but did you say 90 percent of the world's diamond pink diamonds Correct, correct. The stats are about they are they say over 90 percent of the world's pink diamonds were mined in Western Australia. Wow, and, and that's shut for what reason? Because they've run out, or the quality's not good anymore, or what? What's the reason they've shut? Uh, well, the, it basically become it became an, an economically viable to keep going because yeah, right. um, uh, you know they started mining above ground in you know eighty three. They went below ground in twenty thirteen, and they kept going deeper and deeper. So costs were rising, mm. um, and your pink diamonds were only less than one percent of their annual supply. Mm. And uh, in fact, most of argyle diamonds were what we call industrial grade diamonds, which are such a much lower price per carat yeah, in right. the international market. So um, costs were rising, and um, it became an economically viable to keep going. Yeah, right. So here we are, October 2022. Uh, help me understand something, and I'm pretty naive on this, Eric. So a normal sure. wedding one carat diamond, what would that be worth roughly? A normal wedding one, like a oh, that's a white diamond, yeah. Yeah, white so, diamond, uh, just a normal diamond. Yep. I mean, uh, a good quality one, decent one. We're talking fifteen, twenty grand. Okay, and a one carat pink diamond. Uh, you know, decent quality again. Uh, you're looking at uh, well above anywhere between five hundred to a million dollars plus, wow. depending on the color. That much. Five hundred thousand plus. In, in fact, five hundred thousand is uh, you'll be lucky to get one of that rate on these days. Is and so, right? um, high hundred to a million plus is what, depending on the color. So you don't put that in a in a ring and wear it wear it around the coals, do you? You you really well, put you that one away. You can if you want. You know, it's still a yeah. diamond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but honestly, if you spend that amount of money, you probably want to put it somewhere safe, wouldn't you? Yeah, this is true. This is true. And that's why a lot of them, um, so also we solve more the investment market because mm-hmm. if uh, you look at the, I mean, security perspective, 
uh, is important, but it's more on the economics of it. Mm. And so, you know, that's why most of them end up in safety deposit boxes because, mm. uh, you know, our biggest clients are investing with uh, their SMSF, self-managed super fund. Yeah, right. Okay. And they can do that, can they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. About 60 to 70% of uh, my uh, clients are SMSF trustees and uh, it's quite a nice asset for them if you think about what's going on in the world today yeah right. and i you know i tell you what i used to i used to think that uh they have an amazing you know historical growth perspective mm-hmm. um you know industry data will tell you 12 percent per annum on average over the last 20 odd years mm-hmm. and we've seen you know our clients outperform the average um in the in the vicinity of 15 20 percent wow uh, and we're talking about net cash returns not just valuation um revaluations yeah, right. year and year but funny story is that yeah. i used to think that the capital growth was the biggest reason that they're investing which mm-hmm. turns out it's not oh really what um, is after speaking to a few clients a good number of clients it's safety and security of the assets is the biggest reason because it's an uncorrelated asset mm-hmm. that is um has that has little to no volatility yep. and so turns out people are trying to safeguard their portfolio against market volatility mm. Yeah. And growth is a bonus, <laughs> and, and, and supply and demand. Supply oh, and correct, demand. correct. Yep. Yeah, supply and demand that goes into the uh, little volatility because, uh, yes, demand is um, high, supply is low. In fact, the supply of pink diamonds never ever has never matched the demand, which is a great uh, recipe for investors. Mm. And and just because I've been around for a long while, I I understand that where there is. Uh, a lot to be gained. Oftentimes, you get people involved in those industries who are looking for a quick buck, and uh, likely you'll get some who are likely to deceive people. Uh, it probably undergirds the reason why you want someone who really, really, really understands the value of a diamond uh, rather than just that it's pink. Yeah, that's right. That's right, and uh, most people we work with do, and I think that's why they're willing to, um, you know, in, invest. I mean, you don't have to spend half a million dollars of, of so to um, have an investment grade uh, diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, entry level for our stones, the investment grade stones is about you know thirty five thousand dollars. Yes, uh, will get you into the investment grade market, and we see most people investing about fifty between fifty and two fifty is probably. Um, okay. Where most people are sitting, yeah. Well, that makes sense if they're trying to uh, shore up their assets, isn't it? Really, rather than just an investment, as you say, for a, for a return on the investment. So, um, uh, shore Absolutely. Up, up their asset. Yep. Um, yeah, that's right. And I think the um, another concern. I know one of the biggest concerns was the uh, low interest rates, uh, with money not doing much in the bank, and the, mm. and there's a big gap between the interest rate and the inflation. Mm. So you have inflation much higher, so your money sitting in the bank. Has, you know, they've tried to increase the rate, and it's probably now three or four percent. Mm. But infl- you still have about a two, two to three percent gap because inflation is uh, sitting in the vicinity of six percent or more. Yeah, right. Um, so, so everyone's trying to make their money work for them better than it sitting in the bank working yeah. backwards. Yeah, going backwards because it is. It's going backwards for a lot of them. And and so correct. Um, if someone spends. Fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand on a diamond, a pink diamond with you. Can you, for want of a better word, provide some sort of safekeeping or insurance or any of those sort of things, Eric? 
Uh, yes, absolutely. So uh, I think as a business, we are more of a diamond investment firm, a bit different to your traditional jeweler. Yes. Where we look after, obviously, the most important part is to look after the acquisition of the diamond and get the best value stone for the investor or stone, depending on their strategy. Um, but we also offer the end-to-end service, which is we look after storage, so we can store it for them or we can help them open their own safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance of the stone is looked after. Um, independent valuations are important as well. Yeah. And also selling when the time comes, so when the investors and the clients choose to sell, whether it's or a year later or three years, five years or 10 years and some don't even choose to sell at all. Mm. But if the decision comes to sell, then that's what we help with as well. That's terrific. Well done. And and you and I, as I said uh, early on, have sort of known each other 15, 18 months and, and we've been working together um, on the Lead Australia process and helping you with some of those sales aspects. What's been the benefit for you as a client um, in engaging with this? Applying focus um, yep. has probably what comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. And the constant reminder whenever, obviously, I engage with you and we have a conversation, um, I, I get really effective for the next week or two or so when, or, or whenever I see you next. Um, and it just, because as a business owner, uh, you know, playing with diamonds and sourcing them is not the only um, area that needs my attention. Mm. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of very important other things which need to be done, but they're not income generating. So that focus on the sales and the strategy and the, and, um, and, uh, the focus on the income generating activities uh, yep. has been a huge, huge benefit for me. Ah, good. And I, I've enjoyed it too, Eric, just to be able to chat with you and develop strategies and, uh, and, and to align um, the quality of service and the offering with the sort of people that you are marketing to so that people um, are really, really looked after. And I would say to anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you've got a chance to meet with Eric and and have a look at some of these diamonds, the way that he's got his, his uh, premises set up, it really is consistent with with the sort of service and the, that you would expect when you're sort of investing that sort of money, and uh, I, I'm really pleased with the way you've done that, Eric. It's been it's been terrific, and and just from a personal perspective, just to see your growth and your comfort level, for want of a better word, in in selling those bigger bigger price diamonds um, and opening up a new market in that, it's been it's been fantastic to see. So. So looking ahead, it would seem to me as an outsider that the pink diamond situation is just going to keep going, Eric. It's uh, it's not influenced, as you've said, by policy or um, negatively by interest rates or some of those sort of things or a, or a fixed gold price or, you know, it's just the old supply and demand thing, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. I mean, we. Um, I mean, the future outlook is a common question I get asked, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a couple of things happening in at the moment in the world. Like we, we've seen the unfortunate uh, war between Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, what so how that affects us is that uh, one of the biggest mines uh, in white diamonds, just in other general mine uh, diamonds, uh, is in Russia, and that got sanctioned when all this happened. Ah. 
And, and so provenance has become really important to people as to where their diamonds are coming from. Mm. And Australia is known for ethical operations and uh, we're getting more demand than ever for Australian mined diamonds. Mm. Uh, that's, you know, that's creating demand, yet supply has been cut, which is quite fascinating. So we yeah, can see real positive outlooks for, for the future of the stones. Uh, again, safety and security is a key factor. Uh, and there's a lot goes on around the world, whether it's COVID or GFC or the wars. But uh, whenever markets are volatile, we get higher demand and we can yep. see that continuing to happen. Uh, and the scarcity is important. I know that from an industry perspective, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen a blue diamond recently auctioned in Hong Kong. We've seen a pink one. The blue diamond went for $80 million. A pink diamond went for about $60 million US. Wow. And uh, yes, that's a higher end of town. But how does that affect us? It means that people are paying record prices. Obviously, they're in demand. People are paying record prices for these stones, mm. which means the carrot price is going to filter down through the market in the, you know, over the course of the next few months, meaning that these thirty, fifty thousand dollars stones we hold are going to move in the same direction. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and if you've got the pressure coming from the top, for want of a better word, $60 million for a stone seems incredible to me. And from the bottom supply and demand in the normal um, white diamonds, well, then the ones in the middle, they've got to make an adjustment as well eventually, don't they, hey? So uh, it's just logical. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So um, anyone listening to this, if you want to have a chat with Eric, um, my his details are at the bottom of this podcast and uh, he'd be happy to have a chat with you. Obviously, if you need some professional advice around that, you'll need to get that. Um, but um, I've really enjoyed having a chat with you about this, Eric, because I think it's an area that some people know about, uh, some would like to know, and some would like to know what to do about it. And uh, I've enjoyed having a chat with you about it, and, and I dare say we'll all be hearing a whole lot more about Pink Diamonds and Eric and what's going on in that space, mate. And uh, I just no, want to thank me. you. Certainly, Peter. No, thanks for having me. And I should add that we do host um, education masterclasses. And so uh, okay. if people can contact us if they'd be interested in coming to learn more in our uh, nice office here in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, and so we can provide that to your to your clients, obviously, at no cost to them. Mm. Um, if they would like to learn a bit more. Uh, and we, we do have uh, some private um, invitation-only events for, for them to learn a bit more. Wow. Well, I think that's a really good thing that you can learn something about it before you dive in and just get your head and your heart around it right. So that's that's a good move, Eric. That's terrific. So, okay. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you for being on the Business and Life channel. And um, we'll catch up again soon, Eric. Thank you so much. Well, thanks. Thanks, Peter. Catch ya. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of the Business and Life channel. For further information, extra learning and assistance with your business or life's journey and aspirations, Peter can be contacted at leadaustralia.com.au. That's L-E-A-D Australia, one word, .com.au. He'd be very happy to help. The information in this podcast can be downloaded for your personal use, but it cannot be reproduced in any form without the written consent of Lead Australia.